Alright, as we come to the close of Shoivavim, I just wanted to leave the island with a little bit of chizuk, with two specific things coming from two specific people, one we've never mentioned before, and one we mention every year. And I think it's important, after all of the things that we've spoken about over the last few weeks, the Gabay Shoivavim, how important it is maybe just to give ourselves a little bit of chizuk. Last week we spoke a few practical answers few different ideas, and of course we can go on and on and on a whole year, and maybe we should, because we all need chizuk and it's the entire year. But these are the specific weeks that are set aside for inyone kedusha for a person to machazik himself in these inyonim, which also means that a person has a special siyata deshmaya at this time. So, I just want to tell you two things. Number one, a fellow sends me a message, and I always get such chizuk just from people sending emails or messages or phone calls from people that are trying to work on themselves, whether they have questions, whether they need chizuk, whether they want to tell me a story, whatever it may be. And I'm like, wow, it takes a lot of courage for a person to be able to sort of be vulnerable and, you know, relate to somebody else about some of the struggles that they're having. So this is one particular person who I know rather well. He lives in America. He's an older person. A very chashavayit, I respect him tremendously because I know that he works on himself in his avodah Hashem tremendously. And he sent me a message recently. He's been following the shurim, he's been watching the shovim shurim, the Watching Your Eyes series. And he said, I want to share you the following story. And I asked him permission, can I share it with the olam? And he said, absolutely fine. Very simple idea. He said like this. He said that he's working on himself. He decided this year shovim, he's going to work on himself tremendously. He's going to machazik himself. He's going to really fight the Yetzirah. He's going to do whatever he can to try and make sure that he wins and he doesn't fall and he doesn't trip up and whatever it may be. We bought himself a very interesting thing. He bought himself like a small silver clicker. You know, these small silver little pieces that you click each time and it adds another number. You have it on the plane sometimes. You have it when people are coming into maybe a theme park or whatever it may be. They click to see how many people are there. So he bought himself one of these clickers. What was the purpose of buying the clicker? The purpose was that every single time that he did not look at something, he, he watched himself, either on the screen, on his phone, on the street, whatever it was. Anytime he saved himself and he did not look, he gave himself a click. Not only that, according to how hard the Nisoyan was, he gave himself more clicks. So if, for example, it was a really hard Nisoyan, like, oh, he was desperate to look, but he said, I'm not going to do so. He gave himself 30 clicks. And then, for example, he said that if he doesn't go to a place that he knows he really wants to go to, but he knows he should not be going, and he walks past or drives past that place, and he stops himself from going in there, he gives himself 50 clicks. And then he said there was an Nisoyan, that mama, she was, he was come out on the floor crying. He had to go one of his rebellion, said, save me, I don't know what to do. And my Yitzhak is so much on fire, I don't know what to do over here. He gave himself 50 clicks. And the Mahalach is like this, that after every 100 clicks equals $100. That he wants to get $100 for every 100 clicks that he has. Now he told me the mice himself, he said it was his birthday, he was holding by 500 clicks. And his wife said to him, what can I get you for your birthday? She said, you want to get me something? I'm holding by 500 clicks, $500. Give me $500. And she says, ah, it's a lot of money, I can't. No. He said, but Hashem, we have the money, it's not the issue. But she didn't really want to give it. So he said, you know, Rabbi Shalom, you know the effort that I'm putting in, you know what I'm doing, I'm leaving it to you. It kept on going, he was holding by 700 clicks at that time. 700 clicks at that time. He said, he was cleaning out one of his closets, one of his drawers, 
that he had to, you know, clean out whatever it was. And he found $500. So I, I, I never knew this was there. I never imagined it was there. never dreamed it was there. I found $500. He said, then I had to get a new wallet. So I had one of my old wallets. So I, I, I emptied out all the cards and all the papers that may have been there. And I found, you know, folded neatly, $200. He said to me, unbelievable. He felt that he got such a kiss from Hashem. That he asked to abandon Hashem, listen, you know the effort that I'm putting in. You know what I'm trying to do. And he received $700 that he felt was straight from the Rabbi Nishalaylam for his efforts. And he said that, you know, we always try and we don't realize and recognize how much effort we put in and how much the Rabbi Nishalaylam values the effort that we put in also. But he does, and we have to recognize that, we have to realize that. And one of the, one of the um, ideas that we often speak about is, you know, we spoke last week about uh, celebrate the successes. How when a person has a success, you know, you know, celebrate it, enjoy it. So one of the things that I've done, many of the guys here have probably heard this, that I've said, maybe you should give yourself a present. Give yourself a, a, a reward. If you don't look, if you don't do something asa, if you don't commit an avera that you know you very much want to do, give yourself a reward. The next morning, go buy yourself an iced coffee. It's a small reward. It's not. It's nothing. It's not a big deal. But it's something small that in your mind, you've got a reward for something and success breeds success. And that very often, I've done this with other guys, it helps tremendously with a person in his Shemir Sinayim and all the other Averas that go on together with that. I'd like to just end the series, Be'ez Hashem, with a letter that we have a minic of reading every single year. We do this uh, twice a year. I have a minic of reading this twice a year. I actually hold, and I got emails from people that agreed that we should read this letter once a month, maybe even less, because I believe it's a letter that we have to do Chazorah on again and again to just get us in the right frame of mind, to make sure we put us in the right perspective, and hopefully give us the chizuk for what we need to do. So I generally read it by Hanukkah, and I read it again during Shavavim. So those of you that have heard it, great, it's good Chazara. Those of you that have not heard it, listen carefully. It's one of the most powerful letters that I've ever read, that I've ever said. I got the letter from the person that knows who wrote the letter. Right, I have the original of the letter. It was this obviously a photocopy, but this is the original letter that I I got it from the person years and years and years ago, from the person that knows who actually wrote the letter. So the letter is like this. Once again, you heard it. Beautiful. Listen again. You haven't heard it. Listen carefully. This was written by a camper to a counselor. Dearest, you're probably shocked to get this letter from me. Three years passed since I've seen you last. You didn't think you'd ever get a letter from me, though I'm sure you remember who I am. I liked you a lot as a person but I never accepted what you told us. I always thought of you as a religious fanatic. You were so nice to me. We got along so well, but I just never wanted to hear about religion. I could still see your hurt face when you walked into the bunkhouse and you saw me reading a magazine that was not for a bus stroll. I don't know if you remember, you sat on my bed, held my hand tightly and looked at me. You didn't say anything. You just looked sad and held my hand. Things have changed a lot since then. Yes, I'm writing to you now and I'm still lying in bed in the same position as you left me three years ago. My hand is still stretched forward, and I want you to hold it tight again. This time, I want you to look at me with a happy face. I want you to be proud of me. I just went through a terrible accident. I'm lying here in bed forever. I'm paralyzed on the right side of my body. I cannot move. I cannot talk so well, but my hand can still write. And it's this hand that I stretch out to you. The doctors say, my case is a lost case, no recovery. But I think this accident was the biggest recovery in my life. I'm not sad anymore. I learned a lesson. It was the hard way, but I learned. I lie here motionless and I think about all those days that I was able to laugh, talk, run, sing and dance, play, pray and do all the mitzvahs. Help people, thank Hashem for everything, every single movement that He gave me. But I lie here and cry as I think of what I did with all those happy days. 
I dirtied my ears, I ruined my eyes. I looked and listened to pictures, music, books and movies that I shouldn't have. My mouth, the most precious tool that Hashem gave us, I used for words, curses and songs that should never enter Abbas Yisrael's mouth. I still see your sad look in front of my face. I still see you sitting on my bed. I still see your tears rolling down. And I see the disappointment. But how can a motionless mouth fix all the words that it said? How can it daven all the beautiful twillers? How can it make up for all those years that went to waste? How could a dead body correct all the precious time that was used to ruin my neshama? There's no recovery, the doctors say, but my neshama is shouting, I feel it. I feel it pounding. There must be a way to fix everything. It was last night that I found a way, and therefore I pushed myself to write this letter. I want you to tell people my story. I want them to know. I don't want them to miss the boat. Tell them, please tell them, that as long as they can move, sing and dance, wrong talk, listen, laugh, let them use it in the right manner. Don't waste time. Sing and thank Hashem for everything He gave you. Use every moment that you have to clean your neshama. Help others. Yes, I know that there are people out there who think they're cool and in, and they talk about singers, films, etc. with the greatest admiration. I know this because I was once one of those cool people. I'm lying now in my bed. My body is stiff and very cool. And I want all people out there to get the message. That is my only recovery. I want them to take the most wonderful body that Hashem gave us and return it as a polished diamond. Rabbi Sai, that is a letter that came straight from the heart. We have to recognize that the Rabbanshim has given us a beautiful neshama, a neshama that always remains tohar, that always remains intact. Whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever you see, whatever you say, it's irrelevant, your neshama always remains intact. But the goof around it sometimes gets a little bit polluted. Our job in this world is to keep our neshama as clean as we can, to clean it from anything that may have dirted it along the way of this journey of this world, and Be'ez Hashem, return it back to the Rabbi Nishlonim as a beautiful polished diamond. Everyone should have a tzlocha and siyat in this design, and the Rabbi Nishlonim should give us siyat to be able to win over the Yetzirah and have a connection with the Rabbi Nishlonim in the highest form.